0: Two seven. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. <laughs>
1: a plan for your life you've set goals you know where you want to go congratulations on finding star style be the star you are our vibrant hosts passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter healthy living specialist heather Brittany, share the best roads fastest detours and successful strategies for a life worth living On Star Style Be the Star You Are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your
2: what is keeping you up at night? And do you want any vertical interest in your garden? Are you looking for better ways to parent a great child? Well, welcome to Star Style Be the Star You Are with me, Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Helen Whitney on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. All of these topics are coming right up in this hour. Hour, as our goal is always to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations that will get you talking around the dinner table. The Miracle Moment for today is by William Arthur Ward. Wise are those who learn that the bottom line doesn't always have to be their top priority. hmm Something to think about, right? There's other things more important than that profit. Maybe there's the passion that goes with it. Well, we're going to get right into our our health matters topic today about uh, sleepless nights and some simple tips to help you end it. So what is keeping you up at night? Is it your finances, your family, your health, your job? Sleep serves a role beyond rest, and we really need our Zs. Now, in Health Matters, we've often talked about uh, the importance of sleep, but today we're going to talk about some organic tips to end those sleepless nights. So, Heather, let's talk about, first of all, maybe some of the health risks of too few winks, and then some ways that we can help everyone get the sleep they need.
3: Yeah, well, exactly, is... Interesting enough, of all the amazing things we do scientific uh, research about these days, sleep is a main thing, and they still to this day don't understand why exactly our body needs to rest, that we go for so long and that we need to rest. But all we know is we need to do it, that we can't. You know, I think so many times we push our body to the limits, and we all have experienced those sleepless nights, those college times, those all-nighters, Um, where your body goes into almost a state of of shock, of of an out-of-body, you're just not yourself. And there's even been statistics showing that it's more dangerous driving when you've had lack of sleep than it is um, whether you've been intoxicated, that if you've had lack of sleep that you're almost twice the level if someone had been drinking because you're in that kind of drowsy, I don't know if you've ever been awake for so long that you get very emotional, you laugh, you cry, you, you go in and out. And well, there's
2: times that I'm so tired that I literally fall asleep even though I'm pushing myself, you know, to stay awake. I have like toothpicks on my eyelids and, I, and then my body just goes to sleep. Yeah,
3: and that's a thing, too, is that I think as human beings, we've kind of gone away from all these very much as when it comes down to the core of things, that we are animals, that we need to get back to our natural state of things, and we are the only species, you know, that has these nine-to-five that's, you know, driving during bills to pay. Um, so constantly, you know, you know, one of the biggest things that people say, gosh, there just isn't enough. Uh, hours in a day. When well, we're saying that, we're not saying so that we can get our proper uh, amount of sleep. And slowly, you know, they've said nine hours of sleep, but slowly and slowly, I mean, I, for myself, i say I've become so adjusted that when I get five hours, I think, wow, that's a really great night of sleep. But when I really do get that full nine hours, it shows in my body. I mean, the, it's the craziest thing when so many people and they look at me and they go, God, you look so good. And all I know is that I've slept is that my eyes aren't puffy or sunken in and that's the main thing is a lot of things too is when we finally do allow ourselves to sleep, oftentimes we get to bed and we just lay there and we can't sleep. You know, our minds racing, our stomach's upset. So we just want to kind of give out some tips today of things you can do so when it is bedtime that you're not that you really are completing that task. Just as many of the things on your to-do list every day, um, I think that's something that people don't set aside for is to get that proper amount of sleep. And a big thing too is a lot of times, you know, as we as we've talked in various t for twos, is that um, other cultures they take a time of the day and they literally, you know, they siesta in France. You know, things shut down for two hours so people can actually enjoy their lunch, sit, and all. Here in America we are go 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 um you know more and more lunch hours get uh, from an hour to 30 minutes to be, people basically sit at their desk doing it. And when we don't take the time to focus on what we're doing at hand, even though we're so big about multitasking, oftentimes we miss a thing. So many times people overeat um, or eat unhealthy items because it's food on the go. And they can't bring in healthy items into the workplace. And a big thing that can affect our sleep is the food we eat prior into the evening. And so a lot of times people are thinking, you know, what's a way I can get to sleep without having to take sleep aids um, or, you know, go to bed. You know, just because we say getting to bed earlier, that doesn't mean suddenly you're going to start going to bed at 7, 8 o'clock at night. Um, the best things too, is think about focus on the food that you're eating in the day and the foods leading up to the nighttime. So if you're looking for that good night's sleep, um, here are some kind of items that can help you get to sleep. So first off, um, almonds. Almonds, you know, are a big thing that they contain magnesium, and magnesium is something that, you know, we find a lot of times in dairy, and it promotes sleep and muscle relaxation. And I'll get into it a second, but um, magnesium is sort of the key thing is that there's certain, certain foods I'll tell you about, but it's really the essential vitamins and, uh, and nutrition that are in them, because magnesium is found in not only almonds, uh, dairy, as well as bananas, and when I say that magnesium promotes uh, sleep but as well as muscle relaxation, sometimes in our sleep, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night with that muscle spasm, that Charlie horse, you're, you know, you, and your muscles hurt so out.
2: much when you get those. I always think about, you know, how they say if you are in a pool and you got a, got a cramp, how you could drown. Uh, with those leg cramps, I can totally
3: see how you could drown because they're okay. really, really painful. And they don't let loose. And exactly. And the big thing is, you know, a lot of times when people say, oh, God, I have a leg cramp, usually you'll hear someone say, oh, eat a banana. And what they're basically saying is bananas have potassium as well as magnesium. And what those two do is they help you have, um, they regulate blood sugar, which is something that's going to help you sleep better, as well as help regulate um, your muscle relaxation. And something too that gets into is proteins. Proteins maintain stable blood sugar, um, and that's what's in these, you know, the house foods we talk about: uh, light dairy, almonds, uh, uh, bananas. Another thing too, as as we know, right is warming items before we go to bed. I know when I was a little kid, used to always when I couldn't sleep, uh, you'd give me a warm glass of milk. And with that milk, and it is, you know, there's something about it. Is uh, the milk is you know, a warm thing, you know, dairy, you know, kind of set to similar that there's um, a component in it that's similar in to chicken that makes you, or sorry, uh, that's in turkey like at, oh, like at uh, Thanksgiving and that makes you kind of feel drowsy and want to fall asleep. But overall, a warming item, as we know, just as when we soak in a hot bath, it puts our body relaxed. It brings up um, our overall blood temperature, and so we we raise. We often know, you know, when you're out in the sun, you feel a little dizzy. You feel like you just need to lay down. When your blood temperature is rise, you're more tired. So drinking a warm item before bed, especially something that has non-caffeine, and a great thing if you're thinking, you know, I don't want to have a glass of milk before bed or if you have any dairy issues, hot tea is a great way to go. Hot, You could always just do hot water with a slice of lemon, but things such as chamomile or non-caffeinated green tea, um, having some kind of flavor in your mouth uh, 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 put together with a hot item Put your whole body at rest and it gives you something flavorful to kind of hold on to.
2: And And I want to say while you're talking about hot items because you're absolutely right about the hot milk or or even some cheese, uh, the dairy is really great. And then the hot teas and especially chamomile or mint tea are great for helping you sleep. But don't do hot chocolate because like coffee, chocolate contains caffeine. And especially uh, for people who are getting older, uh, you might become more sensitive to the stimulant effects. And sometimes your liver, you know, needs 8 to 14 hours to clear the caffeine from your system. So as much as we think hot chocolate might be the relaxing, it's not. And the same goes with skip the nightcap, although we think that alcohol... Can um, you know help us drift off to sleep, and it probably does. It helps us count those sheep. Uh, ultimately, drinking alcohol will help you uh, spend more time getting up in the middle of the night or waking you in the middle of the night, or you have to get up and you know use the toilet. So, it also might impair your breathing at night too. So we have to be careful of that.
3: Yeah, no, and one thing with alcohol is alcohol affects your circadian rhythm. And what, what happens during your circadian rhythm is that REM sleep. That's when you're in your true dream state. And then no, it seems like sometimes when we have intense dreams that we've been in them for hours, really they only last a couple of seconds, uh, mo- you know, 30 seconds to a minute most. Um, however, they may feel like you've been in them for hours and hours. You actually have hundreds of dreams throughout the night, but there's only very um, specific ones that kind of stand out to you, and that's when you're in your furthest rapid eye movement. You, your eyes are twitching. You're very into your sleep, and having alcohol, so many times, as you said, that um, alcohol causes many people to pass out, to fall asleep, but it upsets your dream cycle. It upsets your sleep cycle because it is a natural state. It's sort of like you're putting a chemical in, um, and it's misusing it, and that really kind of gets into as We're saying that, Certain foods, if you go to sleep, if you eat a really heavy meal and go to bed, I personally, I know if I eat a really big meal before I go to bed, I have the most bizarre, sometimes scary, those exhausting dreams. I have just not good dreams. And I'm the same because- with you.
2: I do the same thing. I don't know what that's about. But, you know, it's like you don't want to eat. Uh, what is it? Is it three hours? You, should, you shouldn't go to bed within three hours of eating, something like that.
3: Well, here's something you know—an interesting thing too. You really have to, you know, the, the same thing is balance yourself out. Is you know, a lot of people they say don't eat after eight o'clock, don't eat this. It's really knowing your own body and your own say. It's just the same time you don't want to go to bed hungry because that's going to save you. Because during the night, even though your body's in a state of rest, it's actually very busy. Your body is digesting the food. Your body is getting right. It's, preparing itself for the next day, and that's why we wake up in the morning hungry. You know, our body's been digesting things. Our body, even though we're in, you know, a state of rest, our body's been working all night long while we've been sleeping. So oftentimes, too, people, you know, a lot of times people are on these strict, you know, oh, I can't eat before I do this and this, you know, I, you know, uh, I ain't allowed this much time. Sometimes what could be keeping you up is if you're not having, you know, a proper meal before bed. And sometimes, you know, it's like people get that, you know, quote, unquote, midnight snack. They're, They're awake in the middle of the night and they're hungry. Or before bed you're like, gosh, you know, I've... I'm so hungry. If you go to bed on a completely empty stomach, your stomach's churning and, and using against cell, and that's going to keep you up as well. Um, so it's making sure if you need a kind of a pre-bedtime snack that you are putting it with something that's going to be not too heavy, um, but also that's going to uh, kind of put, help you sleep. And great things, as, as I said before, is a high protein, especially, you know, as with the dairies, having a Greek yogurt, a high protein, and those things are packed with proteins. Proteins keep you full, and another good thing is a hard-cooked egg, a hard-boiled egg. If you're someone that's trying to avoid um, extra cho- uh, cholesterol, cholesterol, um, you don't have to have the yolk. You can just eat the egg whites, which it has the most protein, the most nutritious in it. Great things that are going to help you go to sleep is eating um, eggs, a little slice of cheese, nuts, um, or any kind of other high-protein things, so that way you have something in your stomach to kind of hold you over. And if you're one of those people, um, oftentimes people either crave either salty or sweet. It's interesting how people have different taste buds. If you are craving something salty, instead of going for, you know, a potato chips or something that's filled with all those monosaturated fats, those things that are not good for for our body... Um, getting edamame. Edamame, it's um, a bean. You can you find it a lot of times when you go to Japanese restaurants, but you can get it very, very inexpensive. If you go to any grocery store in the frozen food uh, aisle, you can get it either stem, so it's you know, and you just pop it either in the microwave or on the stove in some hot water, and then you can do it just like in the restaurant. You know, peel it out, or you can get them. Uh, Pre already and just as the little as the little beans and just eat it that way and um, if you need that extra kind of salt just kind of drizzle and you just kind of as I say when it comes to salt just a pinch of sea salt on it because sea salt is the best form of salt you can have um, when it comes to and that will give you something that's full of protein it has magnesium in it that's gonna help you sleep and as well if you put that a little additional salt to it it's going to fulfill that craving a lot of times. Um, you know, we starve ourselves of these crazy and that's why we end up binging on things. And oftentimes, we'll do this at nighttime uh, prior, which is going to upset our sleep. And a great thing, too, is, you know, if a lot of people, they need, you know, they, they've eaten their dinner. Um, oftentimes, people don't want to have a dessert, but they need something to hold them over. That midnight snack, um, there's often been commercials now, is having something cereal, um, there's no need to feel guilty about it. A lot of times people think, of oh, the carbohydrates, and, you know, I need to have, you know, that isn't good. Go for something that's low in sugar, whole grain, and it uh, can be a really healthy snack, especially if you pair it with a 1% or non-fat uh, milk. And oftentimes,
2: too. And probably you, warm milk.
3: And that would be you know, good, too. Yeah, a great thing, too, a cereal I love, and it's, it's on. You know, it was something as a kid I thought was gross, and as an adult I think is fantastic, and it's great as a, a late night snack. Is grape nuts? It's on its own. It's a little That's bit. That's my
2: favorite cereal ever.
3: Yeah, and it comes. You know, it comes. It's a very dense cereal that you pour. Very. I mean, most most cereal servings are half cup to a one. You know, or excuse me, are one cup to one and a half cups. Uh, grape nuts is only a half cup serving. And you just pour that, add water, it expands. But if you add hot water to it, um, or excuse me, hot milk to it, not only does it almost become an oatmeal kind of substance, but that warming thing, as we said, that when your body has a warm thing and that we start to relax and we feel better about what we're eating. So it's just kind of picking, you know, that your late-night things. And cherries are another really great thing for you. All right, I was
2: just going to say that, and I just wanted to jump in about the cereal because... Uh, that's something that growing up, it was like my dad and my two brothers every single night had to have their bowl of cereal <laughs> before they went to bed. And, you know, they always slept, they slept great. So I think that one's a good one. And yes, the the cherries,
3: a quarter cup of cherries. Yeah, cherry, I want to just to touch on that real quick. For people that are saying, you know, I, I don't want hot tea or hot milk, uh, cherry juice is something that oddly enough, um, researchers found that tart cherry juice, and where I'm not talking—I I don't even know if they—they they make uh, you know cocktail cherry juice, but you can buy. The no, they just make like a concentrated
2: pure yeah, juice. Yeah,
3: very much, and it's a, just a very—you know—you can just have about two ounces of it. It's a very tart, it's very rich. And you probably want to dilute it with water, um, but the antioxidants that will actually help you fall asleep faster, and this is good for your overall health as well.
2: And it has a lot of melatonin in it, so which helps you sleep. And then there's a fruit, Heather, that I just wanted to share, especially if you, all of you like New Zealand, because people don't think about this. And that's the kiwi fruit. If you eat a couple of these green fruits just about an hour before bedtime, you, research shows that you will sleep longer and better, because kiwi are really rich in serotonin, which is a brain chemical that promotes the REM sleep that you were talking about. And they also uh, contain folate which you also have talked about in other teeth or twos, how important that is. Um, And, you know, those are levels, when you have low levels of folate or serotonin it shows that you have more, a tendency towards um, insomnia. I also, you know, of course people know that peaceful music you might want to relax to some tunes before you go to bed. But I was going to tell about an herb that you can grow that has calming effects and it's called valerian. But you do want to avoid combining that with any alcohol or any uh, sedative drug because that is not um, not a good thing. And then um, I was just going to throw in as far as exercise, which I know Heather, you're a main exercise person. But we don't want to exercise right before bed. It's better to exercise earlier in the day and, you know, to get at least 30 minutes of moderate motion in every day, and that will help. And then a couple of other things, I think you've talked about this in other shows too, is ban the electronics from your bedroom, the TVs and the computers and all those backlit tablet devices because they actually lower the levels of the sleep hormone, melatonin, and finally, I have something that I thought might be interesting to share, and this is actually from one of the teens at Be The Star You Are, who writes a column for us as part of our outreach service called AppRap, and he came up with this free iPhone and Android app called SleepBot. Have you heard of it? Mm, tell me about it. Well... well yeah, the only thing that I'm wondering about is that why you would want to keep a. I would don't want a phone by my bed, but you know there is a smartphone app for everything, and so there's. It's kind of no surprise that there's an app that actually monitors your movement during sleeping. So what this is, is doing is it uses data to ensure that you wake up during the optimal time of your sleep cycle. And the developers of this app recommend that you place the phone next to your pillow when you go to sleep. Now, I don't know how healthy that is, although it did win the National Institute of Health and the National Academy of Engineering Award as the first place winner in the Go Viral to Improve Health competition. So maybe we're okay. But what it does is, is that um, SleepBot uses the movement tracking to monitor your movements while you sleep. And then it distinguishes between REM sleep, which is our deep sleep, and then the lighter sleep, which is the non-REM sleep. And then the science of sleep tells us that if you're awakened during a non-REM sleep stage, you're going to feel much more rested than if you're awakened during your deep sleep. So you set your time through this app to wake up, but SleepBot will only wake you up during a 30-minute window, but no later than what time you set when it determines that you're at your lightest sleep phase, so that you have actually uh, received the maximum amount of restful sleep, isn't that interesting?
3: fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's called Sleep Bot by Sleep Bot LLC. You can get it free. It's for iPhones and Android phones, and I'm not promoting it. It's not a commercial for it. It's just that one of our teens, at be the star you are, found this and thought this might be useful. For our listeners today. Yeah. So I thought it was
3: interesting. Well, Heather, do you just want to wind up our segment? Yeah, well, just as you were saying before, you know, avoid having any electronics in your bedroom. Have light meals, and if you do need something right before, uh, make sure it's small, full of protein as well as magnesium. And for this and other great information, go to our websites. Go to be the as well as be the
2: and then always remember, besides listening here on the Voice America Empowerment Network, if you want to see photos or more information about our segments, visit StarStyleRadio.com. So when we return from break, we're going to grow up in our garden. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Batney. And we'll be right back. The star you
1: are, the star you are.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827.
1: 925 star Be the star you are You
0: are the star Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts. as our Oprah of the airwaves Cynthia Bryan gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the power hour on Star Style Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan.
2: Find all you need in the light that shines, We know you have a plan for your life. you set goals and you know where you want to go. There are always going to be detours on this road. But that's where we come in here every week bringing you authors and experts and information that inspire, entertain, and motivate you. We want to help you ignite your power and shoot for the stars. My name is Cynthia Bryan and I am the host of this show. You're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I want to announce that the 10th Annual National Essay Contest, sponsored by U.S. Bank and brought to you by Be The Star You Are, is launching. The theme this year is what it means to be an American. So very appropriate on this uh, 50th year of, uh, of uh, President Kennedy's death. So go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on events and you can get guidelines. You have the opportunity to win dollars, radio interviews, publication, as well as books and other gifts. So get involved, StarStyleRadio.com and then go to events. And then also just wanted to announce that the audio enhanced version of the Business of Show Business Is out and about right now on a book and Barnes and Noble and Amazon and the iBook store. It is, um, it has a lot of different, besides being the 14th edition of the Business of Show Business, it also includes audio interviews, reviews, all kinds of really great things with the most up to date information. So now I wanted to go into the garden. Are you short on space, but you still want color, elegance, and greenery in your abode? You want some vertical interest? Well, I think I might have it for you. It's called The Vines Habit. You know, vines shimmy up poles and they curly cue around strings and they twist and they turn. And of course, they keep us guessing. You can go away for a week and you come back to a glorious melon laden trellis or a wall of heavenly blue, which was. Probably, if you have a lot of blue, I just remember Bermuda when it was this gorgeous morning glory. They looked at it as a nuisance, but I thought it was absolutely, you know, fantastic. It was glorious, really. Or pole beans gone wild. Right now, I have pole beans going up my lampposts. I actually have rattlesnake beans going up, and and the beans bloom. They're beautiful. So there's something about vines that kind of tickles our creative fancy, and You can challenge a gardener to come up with fun ways to prop up a climber, and the ideas start springing forth just like runner beans, you know, when it is the high season. So here's a short list of what annual vines can do for your garden. First of all, vines can create a privacy screen in a single season. You can stretch netting between two sturdy poles, and you can sow vegetables or flower seeds at the base. And then the bonus is better air circulation than a fence can offer, but it has the privacy of a fence. You can cast dappled shade, nothing is more romantic than an arbor planted with flagrant moonflower vine, or with grapevines. I've planted an arbor with several small uh, grape saplings years ago, and now it's completely covered in fact. I mixed up three different vines, and I'm I'm not sure which one's going to win out, but it's been many years, and they seem to be living together. I put pink bower vine, uh, concord grape, seedless grape, and then as well as wisteria. Now, I would assume that wisteria would eventually choke out everything, but after all these years, those three kinds, these varieties are all living together. You can also... Make the most of your growing space, especially if you live in an apartment or in an area where you don't have a backyard. Or you might only have a, a windowsill or a window box. So it, you can even grow tomatoes, cucumbers, pole beans, watermelons, squash on an apartment balcony. It's no problem. And you can use, I actually have used like nylon stockings to uh, hold the melons or the cucumbers so that they don't fall. You can make an inspired garden statement because trellising is really artistic. And you can have annual vines or you can have perennial vines, and they really are a brilliant embellishment. For example, a perennial vine would be the honeysuckle vine. And it just grows, it grows wonderfully. You can eat the honeysuckle. You can suck out the honey from the honeysuckle. Has beautiful flowers that attracts the honeybees and the hummingbirds and the butterflies. So it's a, it's a beautiful plant. Uh, also, you can have jasmine. There's different kinds of jasmine. Star jasmine will go up, um, a trellis as well as night jasmine. And if you want to do a fencing with the uh, night jasmine, just put some cords across. It, and I think that you'll find that it really is beautiful. And it, why it's called night jasmine is when you go out at night, the fragrance just fills the air. But, you know, first things first. What to trellis and how. If a vine climbs with tendrils, netting, and tendrils would be like beans and peas, netting with four to six inch openings uh, really work. for uh, Brushy branches or string will offer something for the cues to grab on. Now twining vines such as the morning glories or pole beans, they'll twist around anything that's in their path whether it's a pole or a wire or even another shrub. For example in my vegetable garden I planted some pole beans and I really didn't have anything extra for them to climb on But I had had some hollyhocks growing in there that had finished blooming. And instead of cutting down the hollyhocks, which were like 12 feet tall, I let the stalks dry out and let the pole beans grow up. So it was really actually pretty. It's like the pole beans grew around the hollyhocks. that covered them with grain, covered them with some uh, flowers, and then they had beans. So it was very easy for me to pick the beans. Sprawling tomatoes. And tomatillos will also twine around string. And given the opportunity, they'll benefit from prompting and pruning to get them moving in the right direction. So um, another thing I did with tomatoes in a small space that I had is I just twined them around a ladder. And so the the tomatoes actually fall through the ladder. um, What are those called? The, The sprongs, I guess. So that's a really good thing. So there's a new fast, edible, and ornamental vines that you can grow from seed. And let me just tell you what some of these are. So tendril climbers. For tendril climbers, you can have garden peas, cucumbers, gourds, melons, mini pumpkins, you know, those cute little small ones that you decorate tables with, winter squash, sweet peas, and oh my gosh, the smell of sweet peas, you have to plant them, love in a puff, and cup and saucer vine. Now, if you want twining vines, and again, twining vines are the ones that will just twist around anything, and they really will grow around, you know, your trees or your bushes, and you just don't want them to suffocate that. So be careful because wisteria does that, and I am constantly cutting the wisteria out of my trees. So those are pole beans, tomatoes, morning glory, black-eyed Susan, cardinal climber, cypress vine, climbing nasturtium, hyacinth bean vine, moonflower vine, scarlet runner bean, which is a very, very pretty, pretty plant, and Spanish flag. So those are just a few of the, the tendril and twining stems. But you know what? The possibilities are absolutely endless. You can solve two problems at once by chopping down the rampant bamboo and making a pea trellis. Oriental bittersweet can strangle saplings, and wild grape can damage trees. And I actually have wild grape right now growing in a few of my crepe myrtle trees. They look really pretty, but as soon as you know the leaves start falling off and autumn really arrives, I'm going to pull those um, those wild grape out because I know that they could probably kill the tree. It's the same thing with ivy. It is Pretty as ivy is climbing up any tree, it actually suffocates the tree. So, but you know, you want to make sure that before you remove something, that it is doing damage, and and make sure you like what's there. If formality is more your style, imagine your uh, your tomato plant sprawling and made rather submissive in just an elegant, um, like pyramid kind of frame. You can go to thrift shops to find trellises, and again, you can craft from ladders, as I have. You can use bicycle wheels. You can use a piece of furniture. I've done that as well. I have chairs. I have metal chairs that I found at flea markets that I have twined, you know, different plants up, and it looks great. I mean, even periwinkle will, trunk, will twine up if you want to do that. And uh, you could use, you know, any kind... Anything that is going vertical is going to make a strong statement in the garden. And what makes any trellis work, of course, is the choice of plants. And with a great variety of annual vines as well as perennial vines, you can have a very interesting garden element. So think about that when you go out into your garden or you go out on your balcony and you think to yourself, I have no room for a garden. Think twice. Think about going up. You can even use something else that I've done that worked out really well and was really pretty is I got an old picture frame. I put chicken wire on it and I would put some dirt in the bottom of the chicken wire the bottom of the frame. I can fill it with succulents or I can plant it and just let it go up. So I hope those ideas are something that are kind of fun for you and will give you ideas of what you want to do in your garden. Because, you know, it's so important that we go into the garden every day. For me, gardening is totally life and gardening is where I get my breath. It's where I feel the most connected and Uh, I guess it's the most creative for me. I know everybody has their own thing, but for me, it's definitely, definitely uh, getting my hands in the dirt. Now, I do want to just, before we go to break, I want to just talk a little bit about mint and the invasive quality of mint. Because I have talked about mint as being a wonder plant. And it truly is when it comes to our health. We can use it for a myriad of health benefits from stopping colds and flus to relaxing our stomachs to facial masks. You can also, it's also great for cooking, you know, in salad and mint, making mint jellies and mint on lamb. And I recently made a wonderful mint pesto for a pasta. All it was was chopped mint, uh, a little bit of um, garlic and olive oil, I also threw in a few pieces of basil. I whipped it up in the Cuisinart. And you have this amazing, amazing pesto for a pasta that's very refreshing. Add a little Pecorino cheese or, or if you like Swiss cheese or Parmesan, and you've got a great pesto. But I got an email from somebody talking about mint, and their question was that uh, the husband and wife were having an argument because they bought this little small 4-inch plant of mint, and the husband wanted to plant it in the garden. I mean, it was just this little sprig of mint. And the wife was concerned that it could take over. So they sought my help. And I just want to let everyone know, yes, that little sprig of mint will take over. You have to be really, really careful. Otherwise, your garden can get overrun with mint. And it's... it actually goes to so many locations. I made the big mistake 20 years ago of planting a sprig of mint that I was given in the vegetable garden in a in a, what I thought was an enclosed um, box space. But what happens is mint has underground runners, and it actually burrowed through the wood, through a hole in the wood, went into the soil, went out into my regular garden, and now I have mint literally throughout my four acres of land. And uh, the deer don't eat mint. Now, I, I did, I will say, that Be The Star You Are charity benefited a great deal from all this mint because last week at the Pear Festival, I cut bushels full and we sold it for a dollar a handful and uh, it brought donations into the charity. But other than that, it really can be invasive. So if you are growing mint, you want to make sure to put it in a pot with a very strong um saucer underneath it so that it can't get out or you want to put it in like a metal container so that it can't get out. Uh, again, the deer won't eat it and as much as I love to utilize mint, you know, I probably won't be able to use enough in my lifetime or a thousand lifetimes. So you don't want to argue about where to plant the mint because the mint's always going to win. So fair warning to all mint lovers, contain it or you are going to experience mint madness forever. You, No matter how much you pull it, you cannot get rid of it. So that wraps up our garden segment for today. And coming up in segment three, we're going to talk about how to raise great kids. What are some tips that all parents could use? Because We do want to give our kids roots and wings, and it doesn't really help just to give them trinkets and things. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Be the
1: star you are. the star you are.
2: Change your world. Change
3: your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
4: Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
2: Encouragement. I think we all understand and value the importance of that one small word. We provide it for our spouses, our kids, and as we tackle new milestones, hopefully we encourage our friends. But in situations we realize the other person needs greater courage to encourage leader, literally means to cause or create courage. But isn't courage sometimes lacking at work? People lack the courage to try something new. They're afraid of making mistakes. People lack the courage to change the work process because sometimes we're afraid of sharing a new idea. We can talk with leaders all the time and ask their team members to be proactive, and to keep people growing, but so often the biggest barrier to people's way is fear. It's the fear of a chastisement, or a fear of, radic- of ridicule, or a fear of failure, just to name a few things. So, as we intuitively know, one of the best antidotes for fear is the strong, vibrant, continual, and authentic encouragement of others. If you want people to do more, take more, grow more, encourage them more. If you want people to try new things, tell them it's okay to fail. Among all of your coaching competencies, one of the most powerful tools is encouragement. Ask yourself, who can I encourage today? Encouragement is a key to success. When we encourage ourselves, our team, we help those around us to be the best thinkers, the best doers that they can be, and we can all achieve great things. In other words... We help other people be the star they are. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit StarStyleProductions.com.
0: Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be
1: the star you are. Light up the flame.
0: Positive, uplifting, life changing talk radio. It's the power hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
2: In those inevitable moments when life throws us curveballs, we tend to scatter our energy without realizing it. We ruminate about the past, we leave, lose sleep over the future, we search for answers out there wherever out there is, anywhere. Instead, we need to trust our inner voice. We need to tune in. We need to trust that we already have what we need inside ourselves because that inner voice has guided us through so many struggles in the past, and our inner voice is always there for us. How do we get it? We have to slow down, we have to listen, and we have to have faith in our own inner wisdom I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You know, it's a tough job being a parent. I know, I have two children, and fortunately, they're they're growing up, and they're really amazing kids. But it's really even tougher if you're a single or a divorced parent. And oftentimes, we fall into that trap of giving our kids things to make up for the time we don't spend with them and that 's not the answer to helping your kids become self sufficient and unentitled. I have a few really great tips that are better than monetary gifts, and i haven 't published it yet I for several years I tried getting a publisher, but I wrote the book that was called "The Blessings of Love and Family," and because I really, really feel that Parenting is such a an important aspect of living today. It's probably for me of all the great things, you know, or difficult things or whatever I've achieved in my life, being a parent has been the toughest and the most rewarding. So let's talk about a few things that you can do to help your child and give them more self-esteem, more self-confidence, more self-direction. All those things that they need. You know, they don't need all the electronics. They don't need all the clothes. They may say that. They may not, they don't need all those fabulous toys. Instead, take some of these actions that will enhance your child's life. First, catch your child behaving well. Be sure to notice and comment frequently and be specific about what you witness him or her doing or saying. When disciplining your child, make a correction quickly without too much fuss. And they'll go back to being positive. You want your child to think of himself or herself as a good child. For example, if Sarah knocks down some cans from the grocery store shelf, ask Sarah to put them back. And then after that's completed, say, thank you, that was great cooperation, I'm really glad you did it. Express affection for your child verbally, physically, and through your actions. Actions can include taking his or her preferences into consideration, showing that you enjoy their company, taking him or her to see an exhibit of lizards or snakes or dolls or whatever it is that they're really interested in, even if you're not that interested. Demonstrate kindness, consideration, and generosity to others. You have to be a role model in order for anyone to model after you. We always remember it's not what you say, but it's what you do. And when you spend time with your child, do it willingly and happily. A child can tell when his or her parents aren't fully there or if they're begrudging giving up their time. You know, there's no need to feel guilty for occasionally skipping pages while reading to your young child at nighttime. Or sometimes you just can't make it to their game or their recital. But on the other hand, be sure to reserve time for yourself and your interests and relationships Because you don't want to feel burdened or resentful about sharing time with your kids. But when you're with your kids, be with your kids. Really, really make them feel that they are special and loved. Take good physical and emotional care of your child, but also be sure to do the same for yourself. And this is really a hard one for parents because most of us are working full-time jobs and then we're parenting on top of that. But if we fail to take care of ourselves, we're not going to have the energy or the health to take care of our children. So, you know, I always had a saying, and you have to put yourself first, and that's really, really hard to do. So getting back to what Heather and I were talking about in segment one about getting the sleep that we need and eating the right foods, make sure that your children do, and then you will too. Have an encouraging and optimistic outlook with your child as much as possible Now, I'm not talking about Mary Poppins here, but it is important to keep your worries to yourself and to share your worries with other adults. Don't share them with your kids because they see enough on the news. And then when they hear more serious or worrisome issues, which is directly or indirectly, it burdens them and it inhibits them. And then they may become anxious and withdrawn and clingy, and then they start lacking confidence in themselves. And especially if you're having troubles with your relationship. Don't put that on to your children, and don't ask them to take sides. Avoid excessive behavior. You know, that includes too much spending, too much cleaning, too much drinking, anger, working, electronics, you know, whatever. We all need balance in our life, and you have to demonstrate this to your child. If you feel you're getting out of control as a parent, seek some help. You know, there are classes out there. There are all kinds of things that can help us. And you can't sacrifice yourself in order to save your children. In order to have relaxed, quality time with your spouse or your partner and your children, we have to have a balance. Uh, I know for me, I love a clean house. But sometimes you have to let something go in order to make sure that everyone is okay. Our children are happiest and feel most secure when we are able to be happy with ourselves and with our own lives. So keep that in mind. When we are happy as parents, our children are happy. And you know, it doesn't take much. We always want to explain so much and they don't care. They just want to see a smile and giggle and laugh and throw a ball around and, you know, run around and, and read stories and all those kind of fun things. Provide clear, consistent expectations and consequences. We read this in every child-rearing article, and it's because it is very essential. Be sure to implement consequences no matter how convincingly your child pleads his or her case. You want to allow increased input about rules and consequences as the child gets older, and then you work together in a cooperative, respectful manner. I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but when my children turned 16 and they were going to get their driver's license, we created a contract that they had to sign. But we designed the contract together, What and in that was what will be the consequences if you break the contract, and what things do you think need to be in the contract to show that you really are mature enough to take the responsibility of driving a car. So... It's important that you collaborate and you cooperate together. If your child is not behaving respectfully towards you, towards himself, or towards others, you do have to seek some outside help. Um, If they're they're under 18, you're not going to give them a choice about this. You just really have to go and see a therapist. After all, you don't allow a child to decide whether they're going to go to a dentist or to a, a medical internist We have to be firm and loving about this. But often the way you get a child to see someone is you go in as a family so that the child isn't singled out and they're not the one with the problems. And if your child absolutely refuses to go, as some children will, you don't want to force it, but instead perhaps you consult with a professional to get the advice and the support that you need. And then most of all, and this is the biggest one, You have to be a good listener. It's one of the most powerful tools that we have in our parenting arsenal. And it's being able to provide a calm, reflective, neutral ear for your child. With supportive listening from parents, children really learn how to make decisions and express their thoughts and feelings and interact better with others. They develop greater confidence and greater self-worth. We have to avoid judging, advising, unless asked, and asking questions that might have a little bit of a critical edge, and we can't react too uncomfortably. So it's really important to listen. I know it's really, really hard, because especially if our kids are in pain, the first thing that we want to do, at least I wanted to do as a parent, is to jump in there and you know, help them fix it, or give advice, or... Say those dreaded words, you know, when I was your age. (laughs) You know, we have to abstain from doing that. We don't want to do that because they don't want to hear that. Very often the kids just need a big shoulder that they can cry on, so to speak, and they just want to just talk about it, and they just want you to listen, and you want to let them know, I hear you. And then if you have a suggestion, always start off with saying, would you like my advice? Do you want me to comment? And I think you'll be surprised at how often they'll say no. (laughs) Don't be offended. It's just they don't want your input. Now, for more information about how kids think and expressing yourself, make sure to tune in to our teen show, Express Yourself, that airs every Tuesday at noon Pacific on the Voice America Kids Network. Or you can go to expressyourselfteenradio.com. This show is for teens, by teens, and with teens. And you will be surprised about the topics they cover and how they respond. It's just kids talking to kids. So make sure to tune in. I think you'll uh, you'll get a lot of insight as a parent. And if you're a teen, you'll really enjoy it. Well, again, I want to thank you all for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. We hope that you are tuned to Star Style, Be The Star You Are, every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We bring you personal growth, expertise, advice, great authors, and, of course, uh, experts from around the world. So we want you to change your life and make your dreams come true. If you're looking for coaching, you can contact Star Style Productions by emailing me, Cynthia, at star.com star-style.com or go to starstyleproductions.com we would love you to make a donation to be the star you are charity that brings you this show go to be the it's just be the starur.org or visit btsya.org we really work to empower women families and youth and to increase literacy and positive media And our aim is always to encourage, inform, amuse, and motivate you. We want you to read a book this week, and we hope that you'll choose one of our signature books. You can find them at StarStyleRadio.com in our store. And until next week, when we celebrate, once again, remember, love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Shoot for the stars. You'll land on them. Be the star you
1: are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be, keep the star there you are. are. Keep caring.
4: It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program